Well, hello, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing tremendous, and I'm sending you all of my prayers and well wishes your way to you, your family, your friends, and everyone you love. We have got an absolutely phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have Eileen McCusick on, and we are talking about electric health, mysteries, and the planet. We go into so many epic topics in this show. We cover the biofield, the body's electrical system, the Taurus, Tartaria, old world architecture, etheric parasites, egregores, uh, the bells that kept the evil spirits away, invoking the light of God, uh, darkness, why darkness has no power over light, harmonic sound, the tuning of the ages, experiencing God's thought, uh, being impeccable with your word, being low voltage, so much more. This is an absolutely amazing episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please share it far and wide. Uh, consider leaving a review on iTunes and all now on Spotify. You can leave a review and that would really help if you could take a moment and go over there and leave a review. If you want to support this show, please go to mattbelair.com and become a member. You can do so for free or a small donation if you want to support the show. But the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Day. And for those of you guys who want to go a little bit deeper on uncovering your life purpose, really creating the life that you were made to create from your authentic being, this is where you can apply for some coaching or if you want to work on some peak performance or you're stuck in some blocks or I can help you in some way, just reach out at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I'd love to hear from you. We do a free session. Just let me know what you're up to and happy to support you if I can. This episode of the show is brought to you by our absolutely phenomenal partner, Magic Mind, which I love because I like to do everything in my power to have greater focus, to have greater energy, and I also have some bad habits, which are mostly drinking too much coffee to get me sparked in the morning because I just am a log when I wake up. I've tried a lot of uh, different things, so if you have any recommendations for that, let me know. But swapping Magic Mind out for either another cup of coffee or for straight thing out of the morning or for using it as a nootropic, uh, which is basically a mental enhancer before a podcast or before work, you know, if I'm going to be doing a big focus session, something like that, or even before the gym. So I found a lot of uses for Magic Mind. It is really amazing. It's all natural ingredients, and that's why I really love it. Um, you know, it increases your energy and it increases focus, and it also helps me with adrenal fatigue, which I think I had from drinking too much coffee, so my energy was a little bit lower. And it's just got all the best ingredients. It's got matcha, lion's mane, ashwagandha, cordyceps, everything you need to really just spark your body, to spark your mind in a natural way without filling yourself full of crap or too much caffeine, which is the easy way um, to go about it. So if you're looking for an awesome drink, and I'm so happy to have them as a sponsor, I appreciate them. They've created a special offer for you guys, our audience. You can get up to 50 six percent off your first subscription within the next 10 days so you go to magicmind.co forward slash mmbs like mastermind body spirit or go to their website and use the code mmbs you know mastermind body spirit um and also spelled out just so there's no confusion magic mind m-a-g-i-c-m-i-n-d dot c-o forward slash 
MMBS to get a discount and also 20%. If you don't do the subscription, you can get 20% off your first purchase. So I want to thank them for supporting the show. And also keep in mind, you want to hurry up because the 56% discount only lasts 10 days from this episode date. So I'm going to be sending out uh, links that you can find to check it out if you want to. But like I said, I use it for a lot of different purposes for pre-workout, for getting up in the morning, and also not drinking a whole entire pot or several pots of coffee per day. So that's it. Thank you guys. Thank you, Magic Mind, for sponsoring the show. Thank you guys for listening. And let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, compassion, power, faith, courage, excitement, and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with Eileen McCusick. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a pioneer in the fields of the human biofield therapeutic sound and electric health. A researcher, author, inventor, educator, speaker, and practitioner, she has been researching health since 1987 and specifically how sound impacts health since 1996. She is the originator of the sound therapy method Biofield Tuning, the founder of the Biofield Tuning Institute, and the author of the best-selling books, The Tuning Tuning the Human Biofield, Healing with Vibrational Sound Therapy, and Electric Body, Electric Health. She is also the inventor of the Sonic Slider, the creator of a line of tuning forks and accessories, and the CEO of Biosana, which provides sound therapy tools and training globally. Welcome to the show, Elaine McCusick. Hi, Matt. Thanks. Glad to be here. I'm so excited for us to dive in because uh, we started right away talking about Tartaria. Uh, I'm so interested in uh, electric health, um, electricity in general on the planet, because it has to do with absolutely everything, uh, free energy, forgotten history. Uh, I think even God, you know, with the patterns and the geometry and everything in between, and also can explain some mistakes mysteries you know we only get a little bit of the sound spectrum we only get a little bit of the light spectrum but it really when it boils down to it it all comes back to electricity is what i found anyway so i'd love for you to share a little bit of your history your journey and how you got to do what you're doing today well i became interested in health and human potential when i was 18 and started reading books I'm kind of a geek and like to read. And uh, if anybody else, and you know, usually people who watch podcasts with people like you are also curious humans who want to understand life better. You know, I think that what we're taught in school and taught by um, the media is really just a sliver of truth. Uh, and mostly falsehoods. And we experience a kind of restlessness inside us that goes, there's more, there's more. And I wanna find out what, I want to hear the ring of truth through all of the falsehoods that I've been taught. Because if I believe everything I've been taught, I end up sick, depressed, miserable, and uh, you know, just not, all that I can be, and I think many people have that experience. So I took a deep dive into health and human potential, 
And when you go into these rabbit holes, one avenue leads to another and to another. And uh, in 1996, I'd gotten hip to the concept of vibrational medicine. And I was reading books on the use of color and sound and music in healing, which obviously resonated for me. And in, I got a catalog in the mail as I was sort of finishing up my little stack of books that I had. There weren't many to be found back then. Now there's way, way more. But in 96, there was not a lot of resources on the topic. Um, a catalog that I got, a Gaia catalog, had a set of tuning forks for healing in it. And I ordered them on impulse. It was the C major scale. And they came in this little tiny instruction book and they said you use C in the root chakra, D in the sacral center, E in the solar plexus and so on, B in the crown. And at the time I was doing massage therapy part-time and I asked my clients if they'd be willing to be guinea pigs. And so I just started experimenting, really not having any kind of clue what I was getting into. And uh, really was so surprised by my experience with the tuning forks. Um, I thought that if I activated a tuning fork that was a note of C, it was going to sound like a C wherever I put it. I thought it was just going to be like a an objective tone that was going to provide a tone to people. And what I discovered is that as I moved them around the body, that they would make different sounds in different places. And in the beginning, when I was telling people this, they're like, oh, that's just the Doppler effect. Oh, you know, that's just room acoustics. And I was like, yeah, I get that stuff. But there's something else going on here. And what I didn't realize at the time is that we give off waves. We give off vibes. You know, everything in your body is in motion. Everything in motion makes waves and waves propagate. So if you have pain in this shoulder joint and you don't have it in this one, the waves being given off by the shoulder are going to be really different than the waves being given off of this shoulder. If you have sharp pain and I hold the fork there, it sounds sharp. <laughs> and if I hold it over your other one, it sounds normal. And, uh, and so that was curious to discover that there was a, a wave intersection happening between the overtones and undertones produced by the fork and the subtle vibrations coming off of the body. But even more curiously, if you have pain in the shoulder and it's sharp and it's making a sharp tone, if I kept holding a vibrating tuning fork there, after a little while, it wouldn't sound sharp anymore. It would sound like the other shoulder. And the very first time I did this with somebody, they got up off my table and rotated their shoulder and were just like, oh my God, all the pain is gone. And we, we were both so amazed. Now, you know, neither one of us knew what was happening. There was no expectation. There was no placebo effect. We were just experimenting. And so to have that kind of outcome when I didn't even know what I was doing and I wasn't expecting anything was really surprising. And, uh, and so I used the forks as a hobby for like 10 years, but this was in Connecticut in the 90s. And when I told people I was doing sound healing with tuning forks, I encountered a lot of skepticism and, and kind of unkind skepticism, you know, and nobody likes being on the receiving end of that sort of thing. So I was like, I am never going to be like a sound healer because uh, I don't like getting this kind of a feedback. I'm like, my clients was one thing. They were like, they'd come back the next week and they'd be like, do that sound thing again. I felt really good after that. And so in very short order, I stopped doing massage. 
and I just did the tuning forks and I did them as a hobby for 10 years. And, uh, you know, maybe one or two people a week, just out of curiosity more than anything. Um, but I was very certain that this was not going to be my vocation, that I was not going to be the tuning fork lady. <laughs> you know, I just didn't, I'm, I don't see myself as a healer. I didn't want to be a healer. Um, and so I was pursuing other things. Um, but then in, uh, in 2006, I had something happen in a session that really changed everything. And that was that I had discovered that as I passed the forks over people's bodies, that sometimes I'd, I, it would go really loud. Like sometimes it would go so soft that you could barely hear it. Sometimes it would sound like it was full of static. And sometimes it would get really loud. And I was like, okay, if it's loud, that's, that means there's more energy there, right? And if it's gonna be loud anywhere, it should probably be loud over the energy center or chakra. And any place that we have a chakra, we have a nerve plexus. So there's a nerve plexus, obviously there's more nerve activity so that's where it should be loud. And then that's in the midline of the body. So I discovered that I could stick a vibrating fork in these loud spots. Let's say it sounds loud over your shoulder right here. I could stick a fork in it and I could do what I call click, drag and drop, where I could sort of click into the loud spot, drag it to the midline and drop it. And then it wouldn't be loud over here anymore. It would be loud there. And so that was my little practice. I'd like find somebody's loud on the hip or loud over the liver. and you know, afterwards people would be like, I feel more centered. <laughs> and, and it was useful, you know, getting people out of pain and discomfort. But on this particular day, I accidentally discovered a loud spot way out here on a woman who was complaining that she had pain and pulling in her jaw, down her neck and into her shoulder. And she'd had all different kinds of treatments and nothing had helped. And then I found this loud spot. I'm like, wow, why is there a loud spot like way out here? And what do I do with it, right? And I wasn't really sure what needed to happen, but I'd been bringing everything to the midline. So I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll just click, drag and drop it to the midline. And so I did. And, her, and it was very quiet over her throat when I started. And when I moved this loud spot in, all of a sudden her throat was really loud and clear and it, the loud spot was gone from out there. So then the next day she called me and she said, Eileen, all of that pain and pulling is gone. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so the next people who started coming in, I started with my tuning forks, like as far away as I could in my room, which was about seven feet away. And I was amazed to discover all kinds of stuff. As I was slowly moving through the tuning fork, I was hitting things that felt like walls, like channels, like eddies, like voids. Like there was this whole sort of tonal landscape hidden in plain view around our bodies. And the next four years, I started to explore this. I started to have extremely dramatic therapeutic outcomes. You know, people who had, had anxiety their whole lives were after three sessions, they didn't anymore. People were out of pain. People were reporting all kinds of really incredible outcomes. And I realized that, you know, this is the kind of healing people are looking for, right? I mean, you're not right. You go see some provider. You want them to make you be right. Whatever it is, I'm in discomfort. Help get me out of discomfort. And that's what I was doing kind of over and over again. And I, I realized that I sort of had a, a kind of moral obligation to bring it out into the world. But I also knew that 
people perceived it as very woo-woo, very pseudoscientific, very airy-fairy. Um, and, and I really didn't want to encounter the slings and arrows of, a, you know, snarky skeptics. <laughs> so I was kind of reluctant to, but I got a download from God very clearly one day that I call my prime directive. And at the time I was making kettle corn. I actually had the first kettle corn in stores in 2004. You could buy kettle corn at fairs and festivals. You could not get it in a grocery store. Now kettle corn is everywhere, right? But in 2004, it wasn't. And so I was, uh, I had, I'm in Vermont and I'm organically oriented. So I started making organic maple kettle corn. I owned a restaurant from age 20 to 32 and I kind of have a knack with food. And so I created this highly addictive kettle corn. People would open the bag and they eat the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, I got a proven product. It's got a great product uh, project. Uh, it's got a great profit margin. It's addictive, right? It's natural, and, and so was, you can eat as much as you want. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, I'm gonna blow this up. I'm gonna sell it to Frito Lay, and I'm gonna retire. Like that was where I was at with that. And so God said to me, Eileen, the world needs harmony more than it needs another snack food. You need to go to college, right? Very clearly. And, and it, laid, it came in like certified mail, you know, it's like very laid out. You need to go to college. You need to get degrees. You need to learn and teach about sound. You need to advance the science of this. You need to get into college textbooks, um, do studies. You need to awaken an army and cover the globe with this work. And I was like, oh, why me? <laughs> Like, I don't really want to do this. But at the same time, I realized that I couldn't argue, you know, with that, with that directive. And so I, um, I sold my popcorn business like that. I enrolled. Just so happened that there was a Northern Vermont University literally three minutes down the dirt road that I lived on in the mountains of Vermont had the, one of the only undergraduate programs in wellness and alternative medicine in the country. And I was able to uh, enter into that. They also had a master's in education program. So I did my undergraduate, my master's in five years and wrote a master's thesis called Exploring the Effects of Audible Sound on the Human Body and Its Biofield. And biofield being the operative word there. Now, when I first started in doing research for this, I was looking in things like PubMed and Medline for peer reviewed research on the human energy field or the aura. And I wasn't finding anything. And I was like, what am I doing trying to write an academic treatise on an esoteric topic? But then I came across the term biofield in a book by Gary Schwartz called The Energy Healing Experiments. And the term biofield was coined by a National Institute for Health panel in uh, 2000, in 1994 to provide a scientific term for the field of energy and information that surrounds and penetrates the human body. And once I found that, I was able to find enough papers out there for my literature review and everything started to kind of click together. And I came to see that our bodies have an electrical system that we're not taught about, that we're not taught about. We've all been really indoctrinated into this chemical mechanical perspective on life, on health and on our bodies. And what is missing from our cosmology is plasma, the fourth state of matter and ether, 
the fifth state of matter. These states of matter that are light, that are connective, because we've been indoctrinated into a world of darkness and separation. Even our cosmological story, Big Bang, you know, this idea that there are black holes that suck in light and dark energy and dark matter, and it's all dark and separate and depressing, quite frankly. Uh, and so learning about the fact that the body has an electrical system, that it has current running through it, anything that has electrical current running through it has a magnetic field around it. And the human body is no different. So people get all their pain, you know, their knickers in a bunch about, oh, what's the energy in energy medicine? It's electricity. It's so simple. I don't know how we've been Jedi mind tricked all of these decades into not seeing that and not understanding that. Because, you know, it's sort of like a not seeing the forest for the trees kind of thing where we're like most people get that their heart is their heartbeats electric to so certainly get their brain waves are electric. Maybe, you know, your blood carries a charge and that your bones are piezoelectric crystals that make electricity when they're compressed by like bouncing a trampoline or dancing or whatever running gives you energy. It's because your bones are making juice, <laughs> like it's electric juice. Oxygen, the oxygen molecule has four free electrons. And when we breathe in oxygen, we're breathing in light. That's why your blood that's oxygen rich gets bright red because it has light in it. And it's that light that's getting dropped off at your cells. That is the current. You can go for weeks without food, days without liquids. You can only go a few minutes without breath because breath, breathing in this plasma air, this free energy that's all around us, <laughs> it's that electric juice that powers our inner light. And, and this whole separation of science and spirituality, like, oh, you know, if you have any perception of inner light, well, then that, that's religious, that's spiritual. But no, it's biological. You have biological light. You have light in your bones. You have light in your fascia. You have light in your brain. You are illuminated when you are alive. When you're alive, your light is on. When you're dead, your light goes out right? The body's still there. What's missing? The electrical system, the electrical current, the electrical charge, that's what's missing. And so this whole idea that, that we have a toroidal uh, electric system, right? So we, the, the toroid is like a sphere with a spiral channel down the middle. Anything that has electric current is going to form this, even a bar magnet with a north and south pole. If you put a piece of paper on it and you sprinkle iron filings it's going to form the 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 torus of of that electrical thing right so that is what the sound is working with i'm working with the body's electrical system essentially getting the noise and resistance out of the signal that's the primary thing that i'm doing with sound that's amazing. I love the background. I could listen to you talk all day. So there's so many different ways we could go with this. We talked a little bit at the beginning uh, about Tartaria uh, and we can go down that rabbit hole, but I just want to kind of address like when I was in the Shaolin temple, they knew this too. You know, this, they, they, that's why they do acupuncture. They said, well, any disease is disharmony with the electric body essentially. And they believe in the ether, right? The Tao, like everything, this energy that connects everything. It's the kind of the idea of like fish being in water and not knowing water exists, right? Well, it's connecting everything. Well, we have that here too. And um, the other thing that I want to bring up 
was um, the church windows as well. Like when you look at cymatics, the visual representation of sound, why are there certain frequencies that they make these perfect harmonic patterns? And you take those patterns and they match these church windows perfectly. So it does seem like sound and vibration and electricity all have a place here. And it does seem like this knowledge is either being uh, repressed or forgotten about or deliberately deleted because when you're in a natural harmonic state, you're in a very powerful state. You're also connected with all things. And when you're connected with all, with all things, you can't be controlled. You can't be manipulated. And you know, you have a dark, direct connection with God The the, all the, the source giving you direction, you know? And so you can't be manipulated or controlled, which is in this you for people who want to do that to you. So, I don't know where we go with this. You, you want to respond to that? And then maybe I'll ask you like a thousand questions or, <laughs> you know, how, how do we use it? How does a person use it? What are some of the benefits of it? What are the, you know, I, I could go everywhere with this. So uh, just, I know there's a lot to cover. I mean, it really is. It's a very broad, far reaching topic and, and it absolutely ties into Tartaria. So I first kind of fell down that rabbit hole in 2018 and uh, found it incredibly intriguing um, but then in the last couple years, I've just gone more deeply into it. I just became obsessed with old world architecture. Like, oh, wait, I just, hold on one sec. Did you have a fan just turn on? Yes. Let okay. me change my background <laughs> setting so that um, everyone so will hear that. I was like, wait, hold on. I don't know if it's me or you. So if it can stop, then you're good. Okay. I just much put, better. Is that better? Okay. I yes. just put my sound on medium, my blocking. Perfect. Um, otherwise, I will freeze to death. <laughs> I don't want that, Sophie. Yeah, if it's freezing to death or the sound, then the audience can deal with the sound. <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. Uh, okay, so I, I I was like, why am I so obsessed with with Tartaria and and this these videos? Like, I just can't get enough of them. And I think a lot of people have that experience, right? And you're like, oh my god, there's a whole hidden history here, and I just want to know everything I can about it. Um, and with the tuning forks, what we're doing is, <clears throat> um, I guess this is a topic I can, I can go in with you. When we are out of integrity, when we are in fear, when we are, let's say, arguing all the time with our mate, right? What did Bob Marley say? When you fuss and quarrel all day, you're saying prayers to the devil, I say, right? Oh, and wow. so- we our biofield goes out of balance. So when we're speaking truthfully, peaceably, harmoniously, diplomatically, successfully, we come from our center. When we're off and in a place of imbalance and we're speaking and not being heard and we're fighting and yelling, our energy comes out sideways. Okay. Especially when we're under pressure, we're under time pressure, we're under money pressure, we start to like come out not in the best version of ourselves. And so these imbalances in our field create food for parasites, for etheric parasites, also physical parasites. If our body isn't in balance, we may have an overgrowth of any kind of yeast, fungus, parasites, that sort of thing. But these are very much a consequence of the state of our energy field or our mind, right? I would say your biofield is your mind. It's your conscious mind. It's your subconscious mind. It's where all your memories are. It's where all your ancestral inheritances are present there. And so, so we attract etheric parasites that they're, they're plasma 
beings. They're not solid like we are, but they feed on our energetic imbalances. And so what happens is they also will goad us into particular behaviors or engagements that will make us continue to create food for them. All right. And then when they become really extreme, this is where suicidal ideation comes from, not from you, but from the parasites that are attracted to you. Now, are they evil or bad or wrong? No, because nature will break down and recycle unviable organisms. The antelope that gets caught by the lion or anything that is dying or getting low will start to attract mold and all of the things in life that break down unviable organisms. If your organism is full of light, is full of God, you are in integrity, you are vital, you don't attract these things from nature that that are designed to break you down, right? So many humans at this point are riddled with parasites. They feed in different areas, our guilt-driven overdoing, any place where we go out of balance and we're running energy off our bodies and in our fields in an out of balance way becomes another word for this is louche, right? That the Wetiko, the mind virus that these parasites feed on this. When we are riddled with, with para, like local parasites, we're more inclined to tolerate larger parasites like the CIA, like the WHO, like the CDC, like the IRS, any of these sort of governmental things that feed on us, that suck the light and life out of us, right? There are many of us who are here who want to be in truth and, and be in health and be in integrity and realize our potential as human beings. And so we realize that, that, that we are being farmed and milked, essentially. And so these parasites that are all over us are part of this. So what I do with the tuning forks is I adjust the energy. I don't deal, I don't look at or touch or deal with or identify the creepy crawlies that are on you and kind of gross me out. I just take the imbalance in your field and straighten you out. I remove the food source that whatever it, this is feeding on you. And I help you to become aware of your worthiness of being filled with light and being filled with God and help train you to stay in integrity, to stay in vitality and viability so that you no longer attract these parasites. So I saw a meme one day, because of course I started following all these Tartarian people on social media. And, and it was a picture of the bells, right? So for people aren't familiar, there used to be huge amounts of bells in all of these towers all over the place. And you can find pictures of them all in like graveyards where they've all been taken from the churches. And do you know that they, they melted them all down in World War I and World War II and turned them into munitions? which I think is really horrible, like when you really think about it. But in this meme, they said, the bells kept the evil spirits away. Mm. And I was like, that's what I'm doing with the tuning forks in the field is cleansing, clarifying, brightening, strengthening to keep the parasites off you, to keep the stuff that wants to do this, right? As long as you're, ah, nothing's going to come along and go, to you. 
So, you know, they understood the power of sound to keep us in the ring of truth. To Right? When you're healthy, like the song of the universe is ringing in your cells. Like you are attuned to the music of the spirits, the music of the cosmos. You are moved by God, by life itself in, in that natural flow. And like you said, you know, you're much harder to control if you're connected, if you're dialed into your environment. So somehow, somewhere or another, like these dark forces that are feeding on us, manipulating us and making us miserable because it feeds them, managed to destroy the bells, managed to destroy the history, managed to destroy our awareness of free energy, hid it all, hid the ether, absolutely hid the ether, hid plasma, hid the power of sound. Like all of this has been hidden. And as I've been uncovering it over the years, I'm like, oh my God, there's everything we need to be healthy, to be free, to have free energy. Like it's all already been experienced by humans and it's been taken away from us. And with it, our freedom, our spirit, our health, our playfulness, our power, all of that. And I think now there's a whole bunch of us being like, we got to get this back. <laughs> we better figure this out and get it back, right? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, again, I love all that. There's so many times I want to kind of jump in with uh, analogy, but I, I just love also listening to you speak. So what came up for me was you know, very simply harmonic sound. If you think about uh, nails on a chalkboard, it, you think, oh my goodness, right? You don't feel good. And then you listen to perfect sound and it sounds amazing. And there's a man named Eric Rankin, who's a friend of mine who was on the podcast and I have the chimes near me and I used to play them for my group all the time, but it's like the bells, they sound perfect and they make you feel good into this very powerful resonance. And when we're talking about these energies, there's a lot of mystical and occult teachings of, about these energies that we don't see. You know, we only see a very small bit of the light spectrum, a little bit of the sound spectrum, you know, and so on and so far. So we're only perceiving a very small amount of physical reality. And so the idea of like a parasite on you, there are definitely parasites in your body from food and that can happen. So you want to be mindful of what you eat. That's one thing. But these um, spiritual ones are kind of frightening. And on one hand, I've kind of seen going through the, uh, let's say festival and out there people, which I am, and I was, and maybe I've kind of bounced out a little bit more. Um, you think like, Oh, you like this, this scary devil kind of guy coming to get you and he's eating your energy. And it makes you feel like a victim, like, Oh shit, I can't see this thing. It's eating me and there's nothing I could do about it. And so the question I want to ask is like, where, where did you come across these, like uh, the idea of these energies? Cause it comes across a few things. I'm just curious where you saw it and, and why you believe it. Like they talk about the gin and I've had a few people on my podcast, just talk about these, these energies or these spirits it talks a little bit about it in the Bible. I think where the one where he, uh, Jesus sends them to the pigs and then the pigs go crazy and they go off the, the uh, cliff. So the idea is where did you kind of hear that reference? And is it something that you can, deal with because what I don't want people to think is like, oh, it's this big, scary thing, right? When the lights go off and you think about demons or things, you think about the most evil, terrible thing ever. And then it makes you feel uh, powerless. And we want to move into like the God power. And that's what I've seen. Nothing really trumps that connection, you know, like you and your connection with the creator, nothing, no small thing um, trumps that power. And so how do we move into that? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the way that I first 
discovered them was by discovering them with the tuning fork. So a tuning fork as an acoustic, a simple acoustic instrument produces technically an infinite number of overtones and undertones. And so it is resonating in those levels of reality that we don't perceive in ordinary reality. So because these subtle sounds are, are present, they illuminate and, and sort of bring to, to awareness these plasma-based creatures, you know, that are just like part of reality. Like you said, we only perceive such a tiny spectrum of reality. There's all kinds of things that exist outside our perception. You know, an ant has a very different perception than a human being of reality. It's a much smaller kind of bandwidth of perception. So, I started noticing that that uh, I would see I'd see people's guides, which was something like the first time I ever saw like a guide. I was working with this woman who was also a healer, and all of a sudden I saw at her head this big Native American fellow in a loincloth and a feather, like one feather, and I was like. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I see, I see an Indian with you. And she's like, oh yeah, the great big fella. He came back with me from Arizona. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. All right. So I got like correlation between what I was seeing and her own experience of it. And I remember just being like, wow, I can't believe I can see that. But then I started seeing things that looked like leeches, like leeches, or um, and they have little teeth like this, and they like kind of like latch on. And they'd be anywhere from like a few inches long to like some of them could get pretty big, right? And there were other things too that like maybe were a little more humanoid. And at first it really kind of freaked me out. And I was like, I don't want to deal with this stuff. You know, and, I, and people's like dead relatives were coming to me too. And I'd be like, wow, your, your dad who just died is here. And he's telling me, he's saying to you, what the heck are you doing now? <laughs> He's like, that's exactly the sort of thing my dad would say if he saw me getting to work. <laughs> so that just kind of blew my mind, you know, because I'm very skeptical, Matt. I'm, I'm such a skeptic. It used to drive my family crazy. Like, you know, my mom would be like, can't tell that child anything. She's got to figure it out for herself because I just question everything. Right. So. So I'm skeptical about this perception, but then I just kind of keep seeing it over and over again. So what I realized was that all I needed to do was shift the field so that the place and like seal up the attachment point and be like, okay, well, you keep fighting with your husband and, you know, all of this arguing, yelling, like you've got this whole bleh going on here. Like, let's just train, start to train your body to not come out over there. It's like, you've got this stray dog that keeps showing up and like, stop putting out food. Like that's the solution. Like you make the dog or the cat, the thing you don't want that's coming for food, stop putting the bowl out. Right. And so I discovered that I could really get these things off of people by adjusting their field. Not even, I got to the point where I didn't even like see them anymore. I was just like, oh yeah, there's something there, you know, but let's just adjust your field and it'll go away. Nothing that doesn't have a body can be stronger than those of us that have bodies. So any fear we have, whether it's a jinn or a demon or this or that, exactly what you said, like the, your connection to source to God, the more you just fill yourself with light and you command those things away and you have faith and belief in your own power and your own inner illumination, white magic, if you will, just invoking the light of God is all that we need. That's all that we need. And, and that's our job 
is to become whole, to become healed, to become embodied, to become empowered. And then your ability to command these things becomes much greater. Um, And honestly, like there are most people just have garden variety stuff on them, like, like leeches, you know, very, very few people end up with, with gin or with demons or things like that. Like that's an, an extreme that doesn't happen to most people, but even, you know, and there's a reason why this has been in the domain of religion and church and casting it out in the name of Jesus Christ, because it works. Because because it, we're, we're able to do that, but we don't even need to believe in Jesus Christ. Um, or, you know, sometimes the word God is tricky for people. I think that I grew up in a non-religious home and I was educated in an atheist, you know, mainstream education. Uh, and then I kind of fell into the new age thing, right? And in a new age religion, you're not allowed to say the word God. Like you say source or universe, right? But but you don't say God. And it's only in the last couple of years that I've been like, you know what? Saying God feels way better in my body than saying source or universe, right? Do you feel how that's like universe versus God? Like this is a very embodied, empowering word. And there's been a whole lot of corruption around, you know, well, what does that even mean? Well, it means the light of the world, like everything. It's the, it is the, the light, the love, the coherence, the integrity, the, the oneness of being. Like it's source or universe this is the same thing, but God is a much more satisfying word to say. So when we are filled with the light of God, when we are saying yes to life, when we are when we realize that we are worthy of taking care of ourselves so that we are a vital organism, right? you like, if you're here, choose to be here and choose to be as vital as you possibly can be. You're worthy and you can do it. And the more that you invest in that, the, the healthier you're going to be all around, all around. And these things won't, they can't stick to you. They just don't stick because you're a viable, vital organism. As long as you're viable and vital and you keep feeding your own vitality, nature will not come in with forces that break you down. Wow. That was incredible. Again, there's so many different ways I want to go. I just reminded of a few uh, Bible quotes around this and I was trying to find one specifically. And this came from the law summit. I really started to dive into the Bible as one of the books that because I was raised Christian and learned about religions, a lot of it kind of put me off. But then uh, coming full circle and doing a lot of the research, a lot of it's coming back to that exact book, which I've only read in bits and pieces throughout my life and it never really gave much credence to. And now that I'm re-reading it with these different eyes, I'm like, holy, this is really powerful book. And so one of them is like, I've given you dominion over the land, air, and water, law, uh, which is fascinating. But when I was trying to find that, I found another one that here it says, Behold, I have given you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all and all and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. And so it's interesting when we're looking at this from a spiritual lens. And that's what I think the Bible going deeper in. And even if you look at any religions or any spiritual teachings, it's materialism versus spiritual, right? The seen versus the unseen and and understanding that. And so also what you said about God, I found that interesting too, 
going into the new agey community. And I remember seeing some stuff around that saying like the new age is kind of deceptive and all that. Now I can kind of see a lot of the deceptions that, you know, it's just kind of leads you astray from something that might work better, right? It's a part of the learning curve and it's a part of the growth process, but yeah, source and universe and, you know, the idea of like the big bang and all the kind of stuff like that, maybe it is, but I saw something the other day where it says science wants one miracle. I think Terrence McKenna said that they're just looking for one miracle. Then we'll explain all this kind of other stuff, but what's that, what's that, where does that energy come from? That's, you know, giving you that electric source, you know, where, where does that come from? And the idea of God versus source or universe is just so much more powerful and it's humbling. And I remember being younger, being like, you know, I'm not giving my power over to this thing. Like I'm powerful, which is kind of egoic. But the idea was like, I didn't want to be subject to anything. You know, I didn't want to be like lesser than, but then as I've gotten older, I realized how wonderful that is, is like, you know, I, w- I want to be a part of creation. You know, I am a part of God's creation. I'm created by that. And that energy is with me and we're working together. Like, you know, my love for my daughter and the same thing, the creator to me, and to experience this realm, which apparently, if you look at a lot of these books, was given to us as stewards, right? And so you look at somebody who is high quality character, they're strong, they're kind, they're compassionate, they have good livelihood, they're people you want to be around, they're the people you call when you need some help with something, you know what I mean? They have patience, all these beautiful things. That to me is like a, a child or a person of God. Where they're 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 a steward of all things. They're not going around uh, being the opposite of how can I go take stuff? How do I you know whatever I do doesn't matter? And that goes into materialism and atheism. And I saw another little clip the other day where this person goes around and says this example where um, if I if someone's going to offer you a million dollars and this this woman comes up to you and she wants you to kill her husband, you put a droplet in there and they'll pay you a million dollars. You'll never get caught, right? He's not a very good guy, but he'll just kill him you know, everybody says, yes, yes, yes. And they're all going to take this money. And I'm like, holy, that's a lot of people saying yes. And the people who said no, he goes, why do you say no? And and it really boiled down to a belief in God, which is a really fascinating thing. So as we push over towards this darkness, and maybe that's where we'll go with this, because there's so many different ways I want to go. Um, but we think about like the dark forces, like you were rediscovering a lot of old truth. And when you look at occultism, and you look at Satanism, and some of these dark energies, which they're aware of, and they use this kind of uh, field of energy for a negative source. And another Bible quote, I think is, is important. It says, uh, God says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, right? So when we see this fearful projection, we see a decaying of society. We see a lot of things to guard against and more hazards, right? Like, oh, that's a deception. That's a deception. Well, they want to do this and that's not freeing. How do you stay positive or how, what's your view on the spiritual sense of like our direction when it just seems to kind of be getting darker? You know, they talk about the good old days. Well, and that you look at Tartari, you start to see moving sidewalks and you look at um, ah, shoot, what the world's fairs, the majesty of this arc, and you just watch it decay, right? Like an old man, there's a video, old man walking through the streets of like these young kids now who have just been so indoctrinated, have no clue about anything, you know? So it makes you feel sad and it makes me, and I think others fearful, like there's no way that this wins, right? There's no way that this cycle of darkness descends into complete chaos and it stays there. That is like a scary fear for me. So curious your thoughts on that. Well, don't you, when you feel into your heart about it, don't you connect with the knowing that the light and love win? 
Yes, but I forget with my brain sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I think all, all of my fellow light warriors, uh, sound warriors, you know, um, people who are here doing this work, there's a knowing um, that, you know, darkness has no power over light. When I turn on the lights, <laughs> you know, I walk in a room and I turn on the lights, like then it, it's light it, and the darkness can't encroach on that. I think that, you know, we see evidence all around. I mean, it just looks like, like to Tolkien, for example, um, any, any really good story, it looks like dark is going to win, <laughs> you know, it really does. And then especially you get to a moment where you're like, shit, we're hosed. And then, <laughs> and then what happens, you know, then the miracle happens then the armies of light converge, then the, you know, that the victory happens. So I think that in a lot of ways, like life, is for entertainment purposes, because if I don't have a body and I'm just hanging out with God in the light, well, I bet you that gets boring after a while, quite frankly. It's like, oh yeah, everything is like groovy, but I'm kind of bored. So I want to go have an adventure. I'm going to go pop down to earth and see what story's unfolding there right now. And so I, I think one, we take it too seriously. Um, two, that contrast is absolutely necessary in 3D. I can't know the light unless I know the darkness. I can't know pleasure unless I know pain. I can't know love unless I know the absence of love, right? So I think that we're just in a, we're in a cycle of, of um, yeah, there is, you know, in somatics, right? So we talk about those somatic windows and how they're particular patterns. So in a, in a basic cymatic experiment, you might have a chladney plate, a flat black metal plate, and put some salt or some sand on it, and then you have a speaker underneath. And whatever frequency you direct into that equation, it's going to form a different pattern. So when you change the frequency, the old pattern spontaneously dissolves, and then a new pattern spontaneously arises. So I think that we're in this place where a number of things are happening. There is a tremendous amount of healing taking place currently in this, in this realm. There are many people, teachers like myself, many people who've created many modalities. We've been through like, what are we in what's called uh, fifth generation warfare, right? Like every generation for generations has been subjected to trauma. And so our generation, now we have this accumulated trauma that's in all of us. It's in the world around us. It's really a big fat mess at the moment. It's just a mess, like you said, and it's getting worse. It's degrading. Like every city, the quality of every city has gone downhill. The quality of people's mental and emotional health has gone downhill. We see that. But what we don't see so much is the people who are doing the healing work who are getting clearer, stronger, closer to God, more connected with each other. There are many different tribes out there that are starting to come together. We're starting to wake up to the fact that we are light and that we are connected through the ether and that we're very powerful that when we're connected. So even in the dissolution of the old pattern of the old world up to this point, even in that chaos, there is a new pattern in the process of arising. And I call us the karmic cleanup crew. But if you think about the um, 
the turning of the ages in the the Vedas, right? And the different ages like the Kali Yuga and the, the 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 golden age and then we go away from the great central sun and then we end up in the dark ages and then we kind of start to go back and things go on the upswing. Well, when we've been going through these dark times these last generations, there's been a lot of accumulated karma that I, my work, my biofield tuning work, and certainly other methods out there, even something like family constellation therapy is helping people to digest, to integrate, and to clean up the karma that has been created. So even though we don't see it, people are getting more whole, healthier, more filled with God, more light than at any time. Like certainly my parents' generation, they didn't do, I'm like, did anybody's parents do the work, this work of healing? No, my parents, it was like five o'clock was drinking time. You know, <laughs> that, that was their therapy. I remember my dad watching this program once and it had like Tony Robbins and uh, uh, Wayne Dyer and Marion Williamson, all these people like in the eighties who were talking this language of, of healing and holing. And my dad looking, you know, he was born in 1919. He's like, these people are all nuts. Like he couldn't even <laughs> grasp what was going on. Right. Whereas now my generation, your generation, like healing is happening. It is happening. And, and so we're sort of seeing this divergence, right? With the people that are going more towards the light and they are getting lighter <laughs> and they are connecting with each other. And then the people that are going more into the darkness and the decay. So there, there is a splitting happening here. And I personally, it's always very easy for me to rest in the knowing that, well, one, it's just a little adventure we're all on, you know? We're all just putting on a human suit and playing this game because it keeps us entertained. <laughs> and, and we don't need to take it so seriously that even these people who appear to be of the devil are still made from light. And I can't become a protagonist unless you're acting like an antagonist, right? I can't realize the God in me un un unless you're whatever role you're playing, right? Look at all the people who emerged out of nowhere, when COVID happened, all these warriors for truth who were like willing to risk everything in order to show up and speak the truth because they were inwardly compelled to do that. They would not have had the opportunity to be the protagonist if forces were not antagonistic. Right? So I, so I think that I think that we're in the middle of an incredible uh, story that's unfolding. And I think it really is about the return of Christ consciousness to us as individuals, where we wake up to the light within us. And this idea that our body has an electrical system and that the light within you is biological and spiritual is a big part of this awakening where you're like, wow, I really am a being of light. Light can't be created or destroyed. And and that that I can, and that I am directly fed from God, Him and herself, right? God has feminine aspect and a masculine aspect, and that is where all of my good feelings, everything, my health, everything comes from. That I love that perspective, and I totally agree that the events of the last couple of years has woken more people up 
Um, you look at somebody who wants a big change in their life and often they won't change until a major thing happens. They get fired from their job, a big health scare. And then they're thinking, oh my goodness, I better make a change, right? We're in this comfortable spot. And what it's done is it's given up the people the opportunity to wake up. And a lot of people have woken up and they start to reimagine everything. They have to break down the conditioning and programming that they've had that they've never questioned. And we're getting more and more opportunity to do so. And the people who are not willing to look at that just yet, it, they're continuing down this darker path of just ignorance. You know, they're not looking at another thing that's really knocking on the door for them to say, hey, it could be like, you know, just take health as a really simple example, right? You're eating really bad, you're gaining weight, now you got a heart problem, you know, you're you're starting to feel lethargic, you know, and then all of a sudden you get a little tiny heart attack. And it's like, yo, I'm knocking at the door, bud. You need to start changing your diet, exercising, you know, not stressing yourself out. Well, we've got this whole spiritual aspect of ourselves of what it means to be alive and who we are and what we came here to do and who we came here to be and and how we came to experience this world and and you have to reimagine everything how do you make your living what's most important to you what kind of people do you want to be around what things do you want to learn and and how do you want to uh, develop your connection with god and i feel like that's one of the main things here is that when we're broken down to nothing often that's when people uh, will go to God. And I've given this question to people recently. And I say, if you're uh, driving your car and all of a sudden, you know, you're going across and you hit some ice and you're about to fling off a bridge, right? So boom, you've hit, you've hit the barrier of the bridge, you're flying off and it's like 200 feet down to water and bricks and you are basically toast. Who do you pray to? What, where does your brain go? And everyone I've asked so far, I haven't asked, uh, you know, tons and tons of people, but everyone I've asked, they, they pray to God or Jesus, one of the two, even, I don't, you know, I don't know other religions that might pray to something else, but it's God essentially. And I find that's a fascinating thing. So it takes to us to our death. And that's why near death experiences are very powerful, very transformative for people. And so the one thing that this has done is really pushed people toward God in this understanding that there is a spiritual connection here. And that's a very beautiful thing. And the question I want to ask, if you want to comment on that, I'd love to hear it. But the question I was curious about, and for me, I'm trying to refine is, you know, peace for me. And what I'd like most is a direct, strong connection with God and to do God's work here on the planet. And that's something I've journaled a lot about. And I've focused a lot in my life is like, you know, God, what will you have me do? And this have this balance of service with also joy and living and growth and all the challenges of being alive. And to me, if you have a strong relationship with God, you can endure anything. I can't think of anything more beautiful, more profound, more important than having a relationship, a connection, a knowing with that divine force, that divine energy. And I'm curious in your work, how would you recommend people, if they're hearing you and they want to heal from all these mental, emotional traumas that we have, right? Not being good enough, imposter syndrome, uh, not confusion, uh, victimhood. How can we use this technology for that? And then how do we use it for connecting and having a direct and powerful relationship with God? Well, what gets in the way of us having that relationship is noise in our signal. Because we're antennas. And, and it is through our own electromagnetic antenna that we tune in to God. And so if, you're, if you've had a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma response, a lot of ancestral trauma, 
if, if you've had accidents, injuries, you've got a lot of noise in your signal. If you suffered mental, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, which most of us have to some degree or another, um, it's very hard to know what, you know, to really know that you're connected to God because you have other voices in your head because you have self-doubt because you have uncertainty, right? You've got signal jammers. We're all really loaded up with signal jammers. And so what my work does is it helps get the noise out of the signal. We're essentially self-tuning instruments. And so all I do with the tuning fork is move it through your field until I hit a place where there's noise and resistance. And that's a place where you're just jammed up inside. I just stay there, reflect that back to the body. And the body uses that reflection to basically tune itself, to relax the tension and to move back into a state of flow. So the more clear our own signal becomes, it's the much easier it is to attune to the God channel and know right? That our knowing comes in. There's a, I talk about how in my first book, I talk about this idea called the male slot, M-A-I-L slot. Now in this male slot in the back of my head, right at the, um, at my atlas and how, when I was discovering in the biofield, the way that I mapped the biofield is that I would hit a distortion and a little note would drop in my male slot, like a little post-it note. And it would say something like, sadness, age 13. And so I would say to the person I was working with, I'm like, something really sad happened when you were 13. And they were like, oh yeah, this is my grandmother died and I love her so much. And we never talked about it. And I still get sad thinking about her. And so what I found was that these notes that came in my mail slot were all trustworthy and they all had correlation. And it was through this process that I mapped the biofield. I was at a conference in 2014, and uh, this woman named Tiffany Barsodi, who's a good friend of mine um, now, but I didn't know her then, and she had this slide up, and it was about the Alta Major, which is a minor chakra, which is right there at the Atlas, which is also known as the mouth of God or the word of God. And I was like, that's my mail slot. <laughs> so that just for some people, just having this idea that, that, that there's like a little, you know, place right there where that information can come in. And there's different ways. So I, I see God as the masculine and feminine. So the masculine is more electric. It's more thoughts like God, the masculine God speaks to me in words. Whereas the feminine aspect of God is more magnetic. It's more coming up from the earth that moves me in my body. So, so I might get messages one way or the other, the movement in my body doesn't necessarily come with words, it's feelings. It's like, I get invited to be a speaker at this particular event, you know, and my body goes, yes, God doesn't necessarily drop in and go, you need to go to this one. Right. But then there are other things like what I told you about my prime directive that needed words with it. That was father God giving me language and very clear instructions. And then mother God moving me in that direction. So I think sometimes it can be helpful to understand that these messages can come in through our thoughts or through our feelings. And that the more, and that the more we're able to really discern that signal from the noise um, that we're going to be able to be in that. And I also find as a speaker and a teacher um, that it's really important for me 
to keep my vibe as clean as I can. Right. And this sort of dawned on me a few years ago. I'm like, wow, I can only think God's thoughts. <laughs> I can only feel God's feelings. Like if I like that's the aim, right? To get to that place of such purity where the the ego firewall, the the insecurities, the pain body is not what I'm experiencing or what I'm sharing, but rather I become a clear channel uh, as much as I possibly can of the truth of the light and the love of God. So I think everybody can get there, but some of us need help getting the noise out of the signal. And this work that we do with Tuning Force really helps to do that. When you, when you talk about that, like removing the distortion, it makes me think about germ theory versus terrain theory, right? And germ theory is saying there's these infinite things that can make you sick, you know? So you, you're outside for two seconds in the cold weather, which is like available to all Canadians all the time. So you're going to get sick or this little tiny germ is going to take you down when you have this perfect miraculous body where terrain theory says if the body is being fed as it should. And it's in its natural state. You're not harming it. You're not doing a lot of toxins. You're not doing all the stuff that disrupts it. You should be able to heal yourself. So if you've gotten so bad to have a cancer or something like that, well, what caused that? You know, when you really look at your lifestyle, you look at your trauma, you look at your diet, you look at your exercise and you bring the body into harmony the best way you can with strong knowledge, you know, with the person who knows what foods you should be eating that are going to be powerful. And this actually reminds me again of, um, of, uh, Dr. Henry Morse, who was on my podcast a long time ago. And he's really well known for helping people with tumors and all these different things, very serious illnesses, uh, heal, right. Cancers and stuff. I go, okay, well, I asked him if someone's just going to die immediately, they're about to die in one second. What do you do? And he goes, 40 days of grapes, which are very, uh, alkaline. Right. And he goes, that will, you know, reset the body and, you know, help them, you know, the body do what it needs to do to kind of get rid of these parasites. So getting rid of the distortions. And I think a lot of times when we're trying to healing, we're adding on, you know, we're trying to add all these things where we need to flip it and say, what do we need to let go of? What habits are we not, uh, you know, that no longer service and thinking it from a different angle. And so when an individual, let's say they want to, participate in something like this? Do they need a practitioner? Is there something that they can do on their own to kind of get themselves into a harmonic state? So one of the things that I do is I have those perfect chimes over there, that beautiful sound, and I have uh, essential oils. And so I don't always remember to do this, but recently, because I want to be in this state, and I love when you shared the idea of like thinking God's thoughts, what would God be thinking? How can I act in that power? Because what I've been realizing every day is that, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but also shame, guilt, all these different things. We can choose these higher level thoughts and these ways of being in each and every moment. we got to remember that. So, you know, using that perfect sound and then uh, something that smells harmonic, right? So if you smell, you know, a garbage dump, you know, and then you have pots and pans ringing, it's going to be very disruptive to your signal. You're not going to be receiving any kind of information. So what can we do to put ourselves in a harmonic state? So question is, how do we do this? Do we need a pr practitioner? And what are the, what are the uh, applications? Like how can we, how far can this go for us? You know, healing traumas to experiencing our highest peak performance, connected, integrated way of being. Well, we can't underestimate the power of our own voices and the things that we say. You know, a lot of people get super concerned about what they're putting in their mouth and they can get really neurotic about eating clean, but that's adding tension into your system. And remember most 
issues are tension based. So if you're tense about eating this or not eating that, you're not really helping yourself with food, right? I, I practice what I call moderate hedonism. Like I like all the things that are supposedly bad for you, you know? Um, and I, I have always enjoyed stuff like that. And really it's medicine in the right amount and then it's poison in the wrong amount. So we can't look to things like coffee or chocolate or cocktails or cigarette or cannabis or anything like that and be like, bad, 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 bad. Because all of it is good in the right amounts, in the right time, in the right way, right? So relaxing and not being like, I have to eat 100% clean or making all these tense rules for yourself, right? Just even becoming aware when you're getting tense and being like, oh, I'm tense. I'm <laughs> like, what do I could do to relax? I need to take a breath and drop my shoulders. I need to just relax. Because the moment I become tense, I put restriction into my system. My voltage isn't flowing. My current's going to drop. So breath is another thing. We get most of our electric juice from our breath. A lot of cancer happens in an anaerobic environment. These places where oh, I'm not going there with my, my thoughts or my, my feelings or my consciousness or my breath. So that is a big part of what gives rise to cancer. So relaxing breathing, becoming mindful of what you're saying, because your word is creative. Now, I, I never forget, I had this woman come to one of my biofield tuning classes years ago, and she said, I have Hashimoto's disease. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, who is Hashimoto? Why do you have his disease? And why are you saying that? I was like, do you realize what you're doing? You're speaking this nonsense into reality. You're owning this and creating this reality by saying it. I was like, what you have is low voltage <laughs> and you're because you're not taking care of yourself properly. You're not dealing, you're not expressing your emotions. You're not speaking truth. You're not standing up for yourself. You're saying yes when you mean no. You're doing all the wrong things. You're not taking care of yourself properly and you're bound up and exhausted. That's what you really have going on. Poor self-care. <laughs> and so she was like, whoa, like that, that really. And the next time I saw her, I saw her months later, she looked like a totally different person. She stopped saying that. She started speaking health. She started taking care of herself. She started raising her voice. She took responsibility for her own choices. Right? We all have the freedom to do that. Nobody's going to fix you, but you. We've been so trained to worship false idols. It was like, this pill will save me. This doctor, this teacher, this program, this little device is going to protect me from electromagnetic fields. Bullshit. The only thing that is going to heal you is you and your relationship with God. That's it. Not that Anything else is a false idol. And, and it is by our word that we create our life. So what are you saying and how can you speak yourself into health, into prosperity? You know, there's always a little gap, but if you keep speaking, what there's this great quote that people always like to hear, allegedly attributed to Jesus, but channeled by a fellow by the name of Charles Cap, who wrote a book called The Tongue, A Creative Force. And the quote goes, I've told my people they can have what they say, but my people keep saying what they have. I'll say it again. I have told my people they can have what they say, but my people keep saying what they have. Our word is creative. Pay attention to what you're saying. 
Don't let come out because that's going to be your life. Words, power, and sound. You don't even need tools. Tuning forks are helpful. Chimes are helpful. Bells are useful. Crystal bowls are useful. But ultimately, your own voice is the most powerful thing that you have. And there's a reason why we do mantra and chanting and toning and singing, because all of it gets electric current moving through your body, right? In the beginning was the word. I mean, this is the whole creation itself. We are sub-creators with our own word, right? So, so all that said, right? But then also, <laughs> like, I've created a number of uh, audio recordings, one of them is a, I have a handful of free ones. And one of them is 144 strand activation. That's at my website, biofieldtuningstore.com. And many people claim that if they start to lose touch with God and they listen to that recording, it plugs them back in again. So there's one free resource. And then there's a handful of others. And then I have dozens and dozens and dozens of other recordings that are really pretty affordable um, for people to listen to that help get the noise out of the signal. Uh, you know, you can just buy a tuning fork, a 528 hertz tuning fork, and just meditate with it. You know, even that something simple like that, it's kind of like what you're doing with your chimes. Um, and then you can also practice biofield tuning on yourself. And I do have, um, I have a program on my website called Tune Yourself in Health that shows you how to use tuning forks on yourself in that way. So there's some things. Again, I, I love all that. And I love when you said <clears throat> the only thing that really matters, and you might've said a little differently, is you know our relationship to God. And I feel like somebody who is speaking that it's true for me because this is a realization that I've had every day. And I had uh, Daniel Krenzel on a few episodes ago and he does something called the God walk. And I've been doing that because it was such a simple thing. You go on a walk, uh, you know, I've done prayer and I've done meditation. I've done, you know, if it, it exists, I've probably done it. You know what I mean? If I knew you were down the road, I'm going to show up there. I'm going to experience all of it just to figure out how well it works and um, what it does for me. So then I can either share it or learn something from it or grow ideally. And that's the whole point. And doing these God walks is just been like, oh, well, it's just this carved out space between me and God, you know? And that's the thing that, you know, prayers go, but it's like, no, 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 you get your ass out of the house. You're going and you're going to go have this visit. And it's the most important visit you could have each and every day. And it's a really beautiful one. And when you're talking about our word being our creation. I feel like one thing that I struggle with is complaining or saying things as they are. And then knowing this, but kind of needing to remember, oh, well, when I complain, it's not good because I'm definitely adding to that and it's not helpful and not speaking into existence what I want. And then in the past, a lot of my work as a coach and especially an athletic coach is we would create the audios and the hypnosis or the recordings for what we want to do. And it always has incredible results. So the question that I've been kind of curious about lately is that when we're, let's say, using affirmations or using something like hypnosis or praying for what we want, how do we make sure that we're praying and receiving it through the power of God and not ourselves? And that's been my little inkling of revisiting this again. It's like, oh, I'm not, you know, it's, it's all things are powerful uh, through God, you know, I, I, I as the vessel. So I'm just curious if you have a distinction on that or it's like, you know, I am the all powerful. I, you know, I law of attraction this and here comes the money. And I have, you know, a story from my book of someone who, and someone who 
manifested a lot of money, but this guy was a clear channel. He'd spent a hundred days in meditation before I came out and he was never coming out until he had a direct relationship with God, essentially long story short. And so he's like, it just so happened to be a hundred days is meditating all day, every day became a clear channel. And he goes, I wanted to test it. So I asked for money and he goes, I had money. It wasn't because I wanted more or whatever. It's just, it was something physical and tangible that I could see would change. And so it was measurable, right? It was an easy, measurable thing. So it had been successful so quick. And I believe and this is, I'll go into it because I think it makes sense. My thought of why this worked was because I asked him after he did this, what changed? And he goes, when I walk, I walk. When I drive, I drive. When I eat, I eat. So we ask God for what we want, right? And we drop that into like an open pond that just spreads out for eternity. And that pond goes in as the request. God, may I have this beautiful home for this. Okay, great. Boom. Goes in. Immediately, you start dropping down thousands of other thoughts. They estimate 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. So that's like rain distorting your signal immediately. Then we immediately, most people anyway, you go, oh, I'll never get that. Boom. So you got a hundred pound boulder of a resonant signal of a request. And then you got all these distorted thoughts of random crap you're thinking about. Most of them probably fear and anxiety and old trauma, past, future, whatever. Then you got the negative one. So it just distorts the crap out of the signal. How was God supposed to respond to that? Because he is not getting a clear message of the request. So when he said it worked, it made so much sense to me. And this is what clicked in my brain. He just went, boop, dropped it. His brain didn't go because he just spent a hundred days in meditation, was never coming out. His brain didn't go into immediate thoughts or I can't have that because one of the things he learned in this book he gave me, and I got to remember the name of the book and I've been trying to find, I want to reread it. It's a story about this guy who dies and he goes through six or seven angels. And if somebody knows this good, please, please email me directly. I'm trying to find it. It's uh, Matt at Zen Athlete. He goes through and he, these seven angels, he has to go through this, this death process, right? At the end of the book, he comes back to life, right? And basically the idea was you're worthy. So he goes and he had had this life and, you know, the family and all the struggles that we all have. Right. And he just goes and because he wasn't near where he was, he had to go get a hotel room and he just got a nice one. It was just such a simple thing. It was like, it's okay to have, you know, just go get the nice one. You're provided for. It's like my daughter. I'm going to provide for her. I love her unconditionally. That's what we have. Now, if she chooses in her teenage years to go do some crazy stuff and I can't support her and she wants to go through and do all this struggle and not allow me to help, it's like us not allowing you know the help of God. And so could you reply to my rant, please? Yeah, there's a lot. Um. Well, one thing as far as prayer goes, I think that we tend to get really stuck in our head about words, 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 right? But but feelings, like anything that we think we want, like, oh, I want that beautiful home. Well, why do you want that beautiful home? Well, because it's going to make you feel a particular way. I want that new car. Why? Because it's going to make you feel better than driving around your crappy old car, right? The fact of the matter is, is that you can generate those feelings without the stuff. And so manifestation is really about the experience we want to have, but we can give ourselves that experience without the outside stuff. So if I think that winning the lottery is going to make me feel abundant and free, well, I can just feel abundant and free. And the more that I feel abundant and free, then that's going to continue to be my experience. I used to be very trapped in debt and poverty consciousness. I had a terrible relationship with money. I was terrified of it. It was like a hot potato. Anytime I got it, I like had to get rid of it. I had all these thoughts and beliefs that it was bad, that it was unspiritual, that it was, you know, it was not, money was not my friend. 
at all. And I didn't have a good relationship with money and I wasn't abundant. And then I, and anytime I had to like, well, my crappy old car, got a, um, I needed a repair and it was just exactly however extra I happened to have in my bank account at that moment. Right. And I'd write a check and I'd be like, and then it, slowly it started to dawn on me that abundance is a feeling and it is a feeling of freedom. It's a feeling of freedom. And as soon as I started to open up to that feeling of freedom and started to feel more abundant and I didn't get all like pulley any when I had to shell out money, then my life started to change and became more abundant because I was living the experience of abundance. And then my life arranged itself in that way. If we want anything, we, it's usually because it's going to make us feel a certain way. Well, you've got the power with your amazing human mind to make yourself feel that way. There was another time back when I, you know, I was very poor for a long time. My husband was hit by a drunk driver and we went into a hole that took 11 years to dig out of. And there were a lot of hard lessons in that. But I read something and, you know, with, sometimes when you have a crappy old car, you don't keep it clean. You don't care if there's stuff in it. You don't respect it like you would if you had a Bugatti all of a sudden, you know. And so I read that you need to like treat the car that you got like the car that you want. And as soon as I started doing that, and it was really only a few weeks, I amazingly like got an opportunity to get a better new car. Same with if you don't like your job, you know, we'll start being the person that you want to be and doing the work that you want to do, like in the job that you're in, start feeling, making yourself feel the way you want to feel. And then that's going to change. All we really have is our own inner experience and we all have the power and that's a big part of what Joe Dispenza teaches. Now, is it easy? No. Does it take practice? Yes. But you get better and better and better at it. And, and so, and the more clear you become and the more that you do what you say you're going to. So if I say, Matt, I'm going to meet you at five, I'm here at five, right? I, if I say anything, if I say, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to do that. The more that I do what I say I'm going to do, the more power my word has. So, so it's really important that we listen to our conscience, right? Our conscience is the urge of nature to keep us healthy, to keep us in right relationship with nature, with the cosmos. Everybody gets the cues dropped. That said that like, you know, do this, this is the right thing to do. And we can exercise free won't. I'm going to be like, no, I'm not going to the gym today. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> Never like, heard that one. Have, have three cinnamon buns instead. <laughs> like, you can do that. <laughs> but the more that we honor God's word, the more God honors our word. We enter, we enter into a relationship where we're speaking truth to each other. Like, I want this. God wants that for me. Boom. There it is. Right. So it's it's not as hard as people think that it is. Uh, as your friend noticed, he was very calm. He was very present. The more present you are, the clearer and calmer you are, the more gravity your word has, the more the, the words, power, and sound that emit from you work with the plasma and the ether to bring things into creation. And we become incredible um, manifestors. Although I like, I, instead of manifesting abundance, 
I like the phrase materializing plenty. Hmm. It's just more grounded, right? It's like, how can I materialize plenty? Well, I buy a little bag of seeds of arugula seeds and they're tiny, tiny, and I put them in the ground. Just a few weeks later, I got plenty of arugula. I just materialized it because the world is abundant, right? So I think manifesting abundance is sort of in the clouds, but materializing plenty is something that as humans, we all have the capacity to do. Just don't make it so hard. Yeah, beautifully said. And I feel like a lot of these things, yeah, they're not, uh, they're not complicated, but sometimes they can be hard to apply, you know, or, 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 you just forget. And if I didn't, you know, know Tyrone, the person who did that personally, and I didn't get that story personally in a face-to-face experience and know him before he told that story, because there was something about him that we were doing, uh, you know, had a little group of people and he was, we would ask these deep questions kind of like we're, we're doing now about life and God. And his answers were so freaking resonant as a, how does this person know that you can hear it in their voice that they know? And they're not trying to be special. There's answering truth and just smacks you like a two by four in the face. So knowing it's possible and then building the understanding around it, where it's like, oh, well, I, my thought I have, you know, a hundred pounds of, of requests to God. And then I'm guarantee I'm putting 70 pounds of doubt into that sucker immediately. So how do I limit that? Or how do I clear it myself? And then I'm thinking all this other crazy stuff. So I'm not matching that. So understanding, okay, this is where I am now. And these are the things that I, I can work on um, to get that. And then I think there's also a very important distinction of being grateful for what you have now and knowing that you're in abundance now is very similar to what you're talking about of the feeling of what you want, the feeling of freedom, the feeling of abundance, the feeling of what you need is like, well, do you have all your needs met now? Can you be fully uh, grateful for everything you have now, right now? Because if you can't, then the next thing isn't going to do it. And the next thing isn't going to do it. And the next thing isn't going to do it. And there's been enough guests on this podcast and around the world that have told you materialism and having everything you think you're going to get bring you happiness and joy and fulfillment is it does not do it. That doesn't do it either. So they can be spiritually bankrupt having the materialism. And as you're struggling, maybe trying to get more security or safety or abundance or a safety net or the big, you know, more squirrel nuts. So you're going to make it over the winter. Um, you know, it's, it's also this faith because you don't know what it's going to be like in a month or a year or two years, but this constant fear of, well, I have enough then. Well, somebody was reminding me of, again, another Bible verse was like, give us this day, our daily bread, not, not tomorrow's and not yesterday's. And, uh, oh, I was actually reading um, how to win friends and influence people. He wrote another book, uh, Dale Carnegie, uh, how to stop worrying. And so I've been reading that because how to win friends and influence people is a phenomenal book. And so he says it in, in this one, he's like day tight compartments, right? Because that's where anxiety and stress, they come from thinking of the future. Depression is usually thinking about the past. Neither of those things are in the day. So powerfully living in the moment and in the day connected to God, asking for what you need is like, wow, I'm indoors. I have all this beautiful day. Thank you. And I'd like to grow into this. So any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, no, that's exactly it. Gratitude appreciation. Um, you know, the moment, I mean, that's what really the whole aim of sound healing is to bring you into a relaxed, aware, present state in this moment where you're not tripping out about the future or not bumming out about the past or, you know, you're just here. And, and in this moment, usually everything is okay. 
I know for myself, you know, what trips me out more than anything is I start thinking about the future and I spin out. It's very uncomfortable. So I'm just like, forget about it. Just going to stay in this now and really want whatever it is that God wants for me. I mean, I don't even really have like stuff I want at this point. You know, I'm just like, I have all my needs are met and I'm, you know, and as far as prayer or connection, like when I wake up in the morning, like first thing I wake up in the morning, and especially because I travel a lot, I always like tune in. I'm like, how easy it is to tune into and connect to connect to God here, because there's certain places in the world where it's a lot easier than others, quite frankly. Right. So I'm always like waking up and always checking in with God. I'm like, I'm here. Good morning. <laughs> you know, and when I go to bed at night, it's always with checking in with this connection and, and gratitude. I mean, I way, way more gratitude to God than ask. There's very, very little that I ask for, uh, but I spend a lot of time being grateful for what I have, you know, um, say thank you 10,000 times a day. And the more that you're in gratitude and gratefulness and like I, I, whatever it is you want me to think, whatever it is you want me to do, whatever you want me to have or whoever you want me to talk to, I'm in service and, and I rest in that. There's something very liberating about getting free from like, I want this and I need that. And can I please have this? And just be like, I think you're fucking awesome. And just tell me what I need to do today. And I'm, you know, I'm in service and that's an incredibly liberating place to get to where you don't have needs or wants or demands or questions that you put out and then don't know if you, you know, like that's a lot of noise in the signal. If you live and breathe and love God, your needs are met because you see in any given moment, like, oh, here's the bread, <laughs> you know, here's what I need. Our resources are, are become at hand to us in any given moment for us to you know, and we wouldn't be sitting here. We've both been in pickles where we're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. That somehow we discovered that the resource was at hand for us to get over that hump or through that challenge or whatever. God always puts our resources at hand for us. And the more that we see that and we know that and we believe that, the quicker we find, the faster we move through the game. Absolutely. I love that. And I feel like that's a very powerful people, a place for people to get to if they can is complete service to God or creation. And it's one of my main prayers for a long time. Just show me what you want to do and be useful. And then it, I think there's the balance, at least in my life of like, I do want to do certain things like go snowboarding and get better. I strive to grow in certain things. And I'm, it's different than I was when I was a young man, I'm starting to get a little bit older now, but that idea of wanting to be of service and to be guided. And you said a, another thing that I think is important where you said, show me what you want me to do today, not tomorrow. That's all we can do is that day say, you know what? I am available today because maybe being available today means um, talking to someone you know on the phone and hearing them out or, you know, being kind to somebody in the store or whatever the case is. You don't know what that is. You're, you're just saying, I'm here. I'm ready to show up. I don't know what that is but I'm here. And I think that's very powerful because you're not like, what can I get? Oh, I'll, I'll do your work. Once I have $40 million in the bank and I have everything sorted out forever, then you know what I mean? On Sundays at 10 to two, I'll go to the soup kitchen. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> you're not really getting the point from that perspective. And it's very liberating to be of complete service. And you do notice that there is a divine force, God, that 
helps you. And I've seen it many times in my life because I've done logically very stupid things over and over again with no safety net, no resource. And somehow it works out and it's too profound and random for it to be anything else. And it required me to like make the leap. And I feel like that's important too, as these worlds are splitting, we're, we're getting to choose. We choose God and service and creation and kindness and, and all those things that we know that resonate with us, that we've, you know, our internal compass of what's right and wrong. We know what that is. We don't need to be told. We move towards that way or we move the other way and we get removed. And it's also, you, you compromise your soul. You know, you go punch a kid in the face as a, as a little child you, and you see him cry, you, you know, it's bad. Something feel, doesn't feel good. Right. So you get hardened and hardened and hardened as you move towards the darkness. Um, and so I feel like we have to have a difficult choice. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, come on over here with God. You're going to have everything taken care of. Um, and here's your billion dollar house and all everything you can imagine. It's like, come on in. It's like that person isn't, they're not authentically coming over. You know, everyone who's crossed that bridge and is genuinely of service, you can, it, you resonate with it. You know that they had to cross the Rubicon themselves. No one can do it for them and it's not guaranteed. Nobody gets a shiny bridge and it's super easy and you get a nice lift across like, holy shit, like here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like, oh my God. It's like uh, Indiana Jones when he has to step off and uh, he's going to die and he does the step, the face step. That's what it is. And you're like, holy smokes. Like, Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, I bring up that metaphor a lot. I mean, that's how I live my life. You know, (laughs) I'm like, really? You want me to jump? Okay. (laughs) Like, I'm terrified or I don't really want to, but that's where I'm being guided. And then that does appear. The, The steps do appear. The resources do appear. You know, they really do. And maybe, you know, we're not, we don't always like, I mean, when God asked me to be the one to bring the team forks out in the world, I was like, forget about it. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, I simply go through. No, thanks. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, oh, you're right. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely get mad at God and yell at God. I'm like, why are you giving me this lesson? You know, God doesn't mind if I get mad at him. He doesn't mind if I yell at him. He knows. You know what I mean? It's okay for me to have fuss and be human and not like every task that I'm tasked with, but it's always made really clear to me, you know, like, this is right. This is good. I know it doesn't seem like a gift right now, but it really is. So just don't, you don't need to fuss. I'm like, I'm fussing, (laughs) but I always know, you know, like, oh yeah, you're right. And I need to get over fussing and, and God, and, and, and God doesn't judge me for my ego responses to what is asked of me, you know, it's just very, always very present and loving and just like, you'll come around to what I'm saying. (laughs) And I always do. Right. So it isn't always easy. It isn't always like going down a water slide. Like sometimes it's really hard and it, and it really pushes us to have to grow and, and overcome egoic programs that are hidden in us, you know, can be really uncomfortable sometimes. Um, But if you follow that guidance, it, it's worth it. It's the right thing to do. It really is. You know, we wouldn't be here as doing what we do, right. If we hadn't said yes over and over and over again. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been an amazing episode. I appreciate you. I learned a lot. I'm sure everyone else did. Is there anything else that you'd like to chat about that you wish that had asked or that you want to close the show with? 
Um, well, I'll just close the show with some resources, right? So I've got a couple books. I've got Tuning the Human Biofield, which is my first book. I've got Electric Body, Electric Health, and they're both on Amazon and Audible. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. And, uh, and I've actually, God asked me the week before Christmas to please start showing up on Sundays and doing free talks and tunings. And I was like, absolutely not. My Sundays are precious. I'm never regular or predictable. I live very spontaneously. I was like, no, I'm absolutely not doing that. But then of course, you know, I started thinking about it. (laughs) like, okay. <laughs> and then it turned out that the very first one I did was Christmas day. I was like, Oh, that, you know, I was like, well, I already agreed to this as so Christmas day and New Year's day. And so last week um, I did episode nine. So every Sunday I show up at 10 AM Eastern and I talk about a topic. My first topic was what is God? And I talked about my, um, my definition of God and why I use the word God, like what I was talking to you about earlier. And I was like, and I'm going to use the word God. So if you're a new age person and you're offended by this, you need to understand why, what I mean when I say this and why I'm using this word. And so every Sunday has a particular theme. So people can come check me out there um, on YouTube and then um, biofieldtuning.com. You can learn all about biofield tuning, biofieldtuningstore.com. Um, lots of tuning forks. That's where that free 144th strand meditation is and other free things. So there's just a lot of resources that we've created um, that you can check out online. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you. I'll check out some of that myself. And that's it. Thanks everybody for watching. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody. My pleasure. See you later. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Eileen McCusick. I hope that you enjoyed that show. And if you did, you'll share it far and wide. Consider leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify. They help tremendously if you can just take a moment and go over there and do that. I would very much appreciate it. If you want to support this show, go to mattbelair.com and consider becoming a member. Even a dollar a month goes a, a long way, and I appreciate you guys very much. You also get access to the Soul Compass course. There is the Zen Athlete course, and you can also work with me if you go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I really only look for people who want to design a life from their authentic heart center being overcome limitations and blocks and teach you how to scale and make money from this path. There, there is certainly a way. I've helped a lot of people create a lot of businesses. Some people do it quickly and some people do it over a year or two of time, but we've really seen some amazing things when people put a little bit of effort and consistency to work towards what's most meaningful for them because it's not really rocket science. It really is about commitment and clarity and would be happy to support you and your own vision. So go to mapillaire.com forward slash coaching. And if you want to check out our epic new sponsor, Magic Mind, and get a 50% discount code, go to magicmind.co forward slash MMBS or go to magicmind.com and use the code MMBS to get your discount code. Uh, It's 20% off a one-time purchase and 56% off a membership. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you'll check them out, that you'll support them because they are a phenomenal project product and i appreciate their support as well Um, but i appreciate you guys so much for listening your time and your attention and just being here with me so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive before we close this show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace contentment peace power faith 
get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.